Yeah, so that was weird. It was like blinking the zero like five times before it actually started. Nice. Okay. It's a countdown. Welcome to the Get Offset. Po- yeah, it was a countdown. Welcome to the Get Offset podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And uh, it's just us today on, I guess this is, co- I, this one's actually coming out on June 1st. I was, I lied to Andy last week and I felt pretty bad liar. about it. <laughs> I know, I just filthy, You're liar. filthy liar. <laughs> liar. What is that song? You know that I am a liar. Don't know it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think we'll take a couple seconds at the top to please request that you like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I always forget to do that at the top. I'm like at the end, and people already tuned out. Right, right. Yeah, no. So last week when we were talking about that, uh, Melissa, or our bedroom's on the other side of this wall, and mm-hmm. she was waking up and she heard it. And she's like, "I wonder what the the reviews are." And so I get out, and she's like, "Wow, there's like a couple people that don't like you guys." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "I read your iTunes reviews." And I'm like, and then she just kind of started with a, but yeah, but most of them are really good. I'm really proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, you know, there's some negative reviews. That's part of the, part of, just, that's part of uh, the road to success. Because if you only have positive reviews, it probably means that only your friends are reviewing. Uh, yeah. So the negative reviews means that you're getting out there. The friends, family members, and fools. Three Fs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I know viral on TikTok is definitely a bigger number than I'm like pulling right now, but one of my videos, the video of me being pooped on by a bird last night on my patio, because yep. I have a, I have a security nest cam on my patio. So after, afterwards I was like, I wonder if that captured it. And sure enough, it did. Uh, <laughs> I woke up and it had 125,000 views at like 730 wow. and it's an hour, two hours later and it's. Uh, 138,000 views. You're famous. Someone was like, why did you, why were you filming? And I'm like, cause I have a security camera. It's just like, why are most things like this captured? <laughs> All right. Here's the thing, Mr. Bird. We're going to pay you like five breadcrumbs and you're going to fly up there. <laughs> when you see the red blinky light, I want you to shit. It's the scripted, yeah. it's the, the scripted TikToks. Yeah, that yeah. this is this is one of them. Right. <laughs> the funniest thing is it was my neighbor and his girlfriend across, and they're older, <laughs> and just like the looks on their face, they were like, <gasps> <laughs> like, and I'm just like, ah, I just I just got shit on by a squirrel, no, a bird. <laughs> I was like, Rick, can you get me a towel and some scratchers? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Really? Again? <laughs> It was a, those those damn crows. It's crow season. Oh, was it a crow? Uh, yeah, that's why it was so much fucking shit. Sorry, mom. Like, wow. Okay, I might have to bleep one of those, uh, yeah. but I won't. Screw it. But uh, well, other yeah, than so that, that was, what's new with you? And I guess did you win anything on the scratchers? <laughs> he didn't go out and get me scratchers like uh, I asked because he doesn't. He didn't go out. Uh, I got this. Ooh. Ooh. 
It's the Chrissy. It's the Chrissy Hines signature Telecaster. That is flashy. It is. It I is. like it. Yeah, it's very shiny. Yeah, it's nice. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying playing it. Uh, there's something going on with the nut. I think it may be slotted too wide or something because mm-hmm. it buzzes. And if I apply downward pressure, it still buzzes. A little bit, but not as much. Hmm. Actually, that basically solves it. If I apply any sideways pressure, it stops. Yeah. Well, I mean, the answer there is just get bigger strings. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ple- I'm not wild about these. You think the nut was slot too wide or too deep? Well, deep you... D- Deep, it wouldn't necessarily buzz. Well, it will. It would buzz if it was hitting the first string. But if I um pluck, if I fret the third third fret and pluck behind it, it doesn't buzz. Yeah, so that's it's not too deep then. It's too wide. I could see too wide. Um, or just not. Yeah, I was. I'm thinking that I. I don't know if I. I'm sorry. Rogue. Somebody, this, these have locking tuners, and somebody who the whoever put strings on this did not do the A string in the correct way. That's really odd. Oh, it's I don't know if it's going to show, but oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't that? Huh. 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 So it's <laughs> we're we're just staring at the screen here. If you're listening, uh, the A yeah. string is wrapped around like a time and a half. Looks like. But it's a locking tuner. Yeah. You're supposed to like pull it through, clamp it shut, trim, and then turn like a quarter to a half to get it up to tension. Not yeah. like a time and a half. That's super strange. I wonder. And that's not even like they if just, something slipped. Like that's just they they didn't pull it tight enough they before they right. snipped. Yeah. Someone said a little super glue in the nut would help if it was cut wrong. But maybe I will just t- try tens because I think it ships with nines. Yeah, I usually play nines on my Fender scales. Um, I, I like it. That's what they should Kind of slinky. Slinky, huh? Slinky. Um, my fingers are so weak. I can't I can't yeah. bend on tens, man. Like, just so hard. Well, then you just need to exercise more. I'm half kidding. Exercise them fingers. I think I need to play Get more. Get one of those weird, weird little grippy things that they advertise to uh, to. Build up finger strength. It's like a stress ball, but like, yeah, we I actually to, did have one of those. I, I use it as like a fidget tool. I used to keep one of those behind the counter when I worked at Guitar Center because you could still do it while it was on the packaging. And if we were really down <laughs> the last one, I'd sell it. <laughs> There's usually like 10 <laughs> on the shelf anyway, so I just sit behind the counter and squeegee on it. I probably still have one. And like, I have a little, um, when I was in high school, I kept a lot of my guitar tools and a little, uh, pencil box mm-hmm. and then I went to college and so now it's like I still have the box but I've never really taken anything out of it it's like mm-hmm. a relic yeah no I gotta ice. find that thing yeah so that was the big thing I also have this um white whale uh little amp pedal amp oh it's like it's actually a little amplifier yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can hook it up to a, a speaker so I'm gonna have some fun with this and the uh Cab Zeus Mono this weekend, probably. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this is a oh, bookworm effects white whale is what this is. So I like the uh, for art those on that. listening. Yes. Oh, and for people who didn't know what guitar I was holding, it was did I, did I mention it was the Chrissy Hyde signature Telecaster? Yeah. Okay, cool. You did. It's signature. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I really like the um I also had and I just released a demo of it this past week the uh the Ernie Ball Music Man Stingray RS. Yep. It's like a $2,400 guitar, but damn, it feels like a $2,400 guitar, let me tell you. Yeah. It felt luxurious uh, compared to like the Squires and stuff I I play a lot. <laughs> yeah, the higher end Ernie Ball stuff I, uh, I have an affinity for. Uh, honestly, it's the really best nice. key bass in my life I played was uh, was like their Ernie Ball Cutlass, I think is the model that they oh, like yeah. their P bass rip. And I don't know if it was the compensated, it had a compensated nut on it. Uh, but something about the way the pickup sounded was just so fat. Um, was, the pickup sounded really good, clean, which is something that you don't get in like the budget guitars that I, right. I do a lot of demos for. So it's really, really nice to have something that sounded that good, clean, like, uh, the supersonic. Didn't sound very good, clean and the tornado from last year's paranormal series. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people are playing those clean. No, that's something you grab. You grab your nastiest fuzz and. (laughs) Yeah. Let's rock. How about, how about you, dude? What's new? What's new with you? Uh, What's new with me? Other than that shirt. Oh yeah. It's a, well, I mean, it's a three day weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. this is my only like party shirt. Um, your only one. That's sad. Yeah. How often do I need to party? No, this is this is the uh, I want to get away in my mind for a weekend shirt. Uh, just a if you like pina coladas shirt. Yep. Andrew's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Friends. It's got shades of like red and blue and like a darker blue. And I think that's gray. And pink. Shades of red. <laughs> no, it's definitely pink. Um. So no, it's just like, it's like, I don't honestly remember where I got it. I think it was a gift. It's super comfortable mm-hmm. though. So, yeah, yeah, you should look into those Roosevelt shirts. My, my brother has done some designs for them. I usually start the day with all of the buttons and then, um, progressively fully unbuttoned. <laughs> uh, yes. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened, at least in my own home, not outside of the home, but my own home. I, I have the right yeah. to feel comfortable. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, yeah. Uh, you unbutton that top button on your pants. Yep. Or, after a big or, meal. Or the end of uh, Thanksgiving meal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but oh, in all yeah. seriousness, I, this this room is... Here, we unplug this. Oh, what, what had you been playing? Ooh, Andrew's been playing the Walrus R1, their uh, 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 reverb pedal, their uh, stereo reverb pedal. Yeah, so I, I did a little bit of a deep dive with it last night. I was having some fun. Um, I was playing connect. Four. What'd you think of the first three settings? Cause those are the ones that people are not always loving. Um, I like the plate, the best of the three yeah. spring. Um, I liked, I liked the spring. Okay. If you don't need something that drips spring was okay. My thing is if springs either got to, got to do two things for me. One, it's got to do that, do like a old well, spring, like a classic spring really, really well. And for me, I really like Fender, whatever, um, typically whatever you hear, like in a Fender amp. Just yeah. those springs sound so good. It's just that quintessential spring reverb sound in my head. 
Um, or it's got to do spring with a twist. And I feel like this one kind of sat in between and didn't quite do it for me. Um, but yeah, that's fair. I think, uh, yeah, my benchmark I think most for people would be happy is, enough with it, but I, for $400, maybe not. Well, so the, I, I'm not going to buy a $400 pedal to do what my amp already does. So I'm not really, that's not, a good point. I'm not bent out of shape about like it at all. Uh, I also don't like using hall reverb in general, unless I'm recording. Yeah. Yep. No, Hall's boring to me. Uh, I do like plate. I think the plate sounded really good. What I kind of want to do for my own curiosity is put, um, put it against the plate in the Avalanche run, which has way less tweakable settings, but it's just one of those yeah. just sounds great no matter how you set it kind of reverbs. I like um, that you could tweak the frequency of the plate on the R1 yeah. because I feel like plate can be a little shrill sometimes, especially, you know, digital plate, which is 89% of the time, unless you're in an actual studio, that's what you're getting. Also for anyone wondering how I decide if I like a spring reverb, it's very simple <laughs> and it's what every guitar center employee hates. I play the opening look to yellow lead better and oh. just like, you know, and like choking, just hear that spring ring out. Yeah. It's such a fun lick to play. And there's just enough of those like good, like snap breaks to let the reverb kind of hang out. It just doesn't sound right without it. And it, mm -hmm. the, the reverb is such a quintessential part of that riff that um, if it, if it sounds good, it sounds good. And if it doesn't, I have to go, eh, we'll try another algorithm. But the, uh, <laughs> I really like the, the, the last three, the BFR was this one, the refract and the air. I actually think I, I liked, liked refract the best. That was my favorite. I think I liked the air the best, although refract was fun. Um, uh, the air is that that's, that was, that was interesting. It wasn't for me. Um, but I, I know Ann Silikowski, that was, I think her favorite that I can get that. Oh yeah, it. no, I flipped on the air and like, I feel like I'm like playing like an atmospheric background for a inspirational yeah. Instagram video. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I can't tell if that's a compliment. Uh, it was fun. It was, is I definitely haven't played an algorithm that sounds quite like that yet. Um, so no, it, it was fun. Um, Refract is pretty trippy. Playing around with like, the frequency like of the, the I guess the glitch. I, I yeah. don't know how to describe it. It was just kind of glitching out. I would describe it as a glitch, yeah. I think it was fun, but when I what was throwing me is when I flip up the swell feature, which I was having a lot of fun with as well. Um I bet. Uh like here, like there's no attack, and but then there's the attack with the refracting. And so I go yeah. like play like a long swell, like great, and then like break it up with like some random attack. Um, punctures in the middle of this atmosphere. So, eh, okay. Maybe that's not the best algorithm for that. It just really threw me. <laughs> it was still yeah, super Yeah, I didn't cool. mess with the swell a lot because it's not really my, my thing. It was fun. Uh, I, I questioned dedicating an entire knob to it because it was kind of a, it didn't sound great at like 10%. It was either completely off or like past the 50% mm -hmm. and dial it in a little bit for it to sound right. Otherwise it. Yeah, that's fair. So, but it, the tracking on the swell knob was impressive. I'm not going to lie. Uh, as long as there was a, dis uh, even without like a distinct break between notes, it was still auto swelling that. So. Uh, that wasn't my experience with it. My experience was that it didn't, like when it was swelling, if you would hit other notes, it would still, it would, it would not swell. I get it. It's so I, I was, it wasn't perfect. I was able yeah. to break it a couple of times, but once I got, 
played around with it enough to figure out the interactivity between the swell knob itself and then how frequently I can hit notes without breaking it. it it's definitely something I could work with musically. Um, in a yeah, context. that's what's important. If if you can work with it, I I found that to be a little buggy personally, but that's nothing that a firmware update couldn't fix. Sure. Anyways, I had fun <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to go back to the night sky later tonight though. There's just so many more nice. buttons. Yes. This this, this is I, exactly. I want to do the night sky. I want to do the night sky with this uh, the OBNE expression ramper. I need that. I feel like you could have a lot of fun with that. Yes. I, I I'm trying to think. Do I have? I might actually have enough money to order one of those. Sixty nine bucks or something. Yeah. And I'm just trying yes. to balance out in the back of my head a couple of other purchases that I need to make for Fox Cairo. Hmm. Um, yeah, make those purchases first. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, expression the expression ramper is definitely uh, an important part of my research and development for my product. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. As, as was the I, nice guy. Yeah, I use I, I use the um the ramp on this more than I expected. I thought I would just use the bounce, but I've I've been using the ramping. That was fun. No, I've, that was I've been, a demo I, I released yesterday. I've been having so much fun watching all the content of people like playing with that. Um, you did, you did a good job with it. And then, um, the pedal zone did, uh, an ambient feature where swelling nice. in and out with some synth pads on the Enzo, I think. And oh that would, yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. Shoot. I just like, there, there's so many pedals that are on my board right now that I would really like to play with the expression ramper. Like yep. I, I want to, I want to do the, uh, the chase bliss preamp Mark two, the automaton. Yep. That's what I really want. <laughs> so here's a thought that I had. So I, there's the expression ramper and a thought that mm-hmm. I had is what there's a company. It might've been mission audio that did it. There's a company that does like a, basically like a router for expression pedal. So you can have one expression pedal and then like have it split right. route to like multiple pedals out. Or you can yeah. have it control multiple pedals at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how how crazy you could get with it if you basically rerouted the expression ramp route to all several pedals at the same time and just layered like the ramping of several things on top of each other throughout the chain. Yeah, I think it would sound pretty woozy. <laughs> I could see woozy depending on uh, – and I could also see if – I'm trying – Depending on where, like, you put a delay in the chain that's controlled by expression, um, ramping to like kind of up the the repeats or whatever. Just that could be create some fun cascading auto, fun auto cascade effect. I don't know. Yeah, I heard that um, if when it's all the way down, it's like twenty minutes to bounce or ramp all the way up. Like that's they insane. really make sure that it went way too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember turning it all the way down. Like I think that's too slow for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the video, but it was cool. It was You'd cool have after to I get really baked to be like, oh, it's coming back again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like you can do pads and stuff uh, with the. Um, oh my gosh, Zoya with yeah. the Zoya, and I feel like if you were like doing some sort of thing and you would have that expression ramping over twenty minutes. Like, I feel like you could use that if you were using the uh, Zoya to create some atmospheric background thing. Like, I know people who 
who uh, set these automatic things on the Zoya uh, to just um, put on ambience, create ambience while they work. I'm like, that's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. I've, I've been doing a lot more of the ambient. I just put, like finding ambient something on YouTube and just letting it play while I work. Yeah. I've, yeah, I, I'm kind of go between things. I've been doing podcasts, but I've been having trouble finding, like, I've actually been listening to the gear slum a lot because I find that pretty fun to listen to while working. It's hilarious. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of true crime and like stories kind of stuff. And it's not that it was a bummer. It was just like, there are a couple of really, really good ones, and there are a lot of really, really bad ones, and mm-hmm. then there are a lot that are fine but have t- way too many ads. Like, mm-hmm. I think fifteen percent of an episode content feels like ads on some of them. Yeah, looking at you, Wondery podcasts. There's definitely a balance to be had. I can't do, man. True, I have a hard time with true crime podcasts. I do it every once in a while. Every time I do, like inevitably, like I have a hard time falling asleep at night, for like a week. Oh yeah, that doesn't affect me anymore. Yeah. I've been doing, I've been just like watching Unsolved Mysteries since I was like eight. So I think I'm a little numb to it. Like I fall asleep, like hugging my, my little league baseball bat I keep next to my bed. <laughs> Listen, I sleep really well at night knowing that if somebody really wanted to come into my house and kill me, they would be able to do it. Like there, if someone really wanted to do me in, I can't prevent that. I can be vigilant. I can, you know, lock my doors. I can get a security system. Mm-hmm. I can take a lot of precautions to make it harder. Right. And I think I do make it hard for people to hurt me. But, uh, you know, if someone's really, really, really committed, you know, they're going to find a way. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I also is- sleep really well at night knowing that, like, never mind. I don't want to get into that one. Well, anyways. <laughs> it's going to sound dark. Yeah, no, this got really dark. I was just trying to say that, like, I listen to ambient music. From anxiety. <laughs> I like to listen to hardcore when I work because it's it's almost just like a wall of sound. It's yeah. almost like musical white noise. Yeah. But that's what ambient music is too. I, I go in phases where like if I just want to li- um there's a couple of um instrumental like metalcore albums I listen to when I need to work and like get stuff done. Um mm-hmm. it just have to be in the right mood for it though. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the band fucked up and I listen to, I listen to them when I work sometimes. Yeah. There's nothing like getting email notifications and be like, let's play some music first. Take a deep breath. <laughs> I like when, if, when I go upstairs, to like cook lunch or prepare lunch, uh, the first thing I do is I'm like, okay, I got to find a podcast to listen to first. And the same with cleaning the house. There's like mm-hmm. that meme where someone's like holding a broom or whatever. And he's looking at his phone. It's like me trying to find a podcast to listen to before I start cleaning. That's me. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'll do that too. If I need to do dishes, especially if I've, I'm going to do that after this. We're done with this. <laughs> so I let the dishes build up this week. Got to take care of Oof. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm like 50-50 good about like actually putting the dishes and starting the dishwasher at night. I ran the dishwasher. I'm running it right now with a cleaning. So we have to clean our dishwasher because it's mm-hmm. it sucks. I really hate our dishwasher. I hate the appliances that this house came with. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's worth it to pony up. So how do you clean it? Ones. Because I, I've tried cleaning a dishwasher before and it ended disastrously, but I want to hear how you clean it first. Oh, I get um, a solution that 
sanitizes it basically, but you have to take uh you really have to clean around the drain. So you have to take out the bottom rack and um, get in there. It's kind of, it's a lot like cleaning out your dryer vent, which you should also be doing Yeah, because I love you and your family and I don't want y'all to get, I did that recently fired. by just taking apart the entire dryer and wiping it out. Yeah. I had Rick do it and he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then we realized that our dryer vent is literally this wide. Yeah. It like goes directly to the outside of the house. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh, we actually could have cleaned that from the outside of the house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then he cleaned the tube and everything. It's like there, there, there was no buildup because there is nothing. There's no distance. So it all just comes out. So now it's going to be a great sound for people listening to the podcast. Right. No, so when Melissa and I first got married, um, she was out of town. So I was like home alone by myself. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, fine. Which really meant I just watched a ton of Netflix and did nothing. But <laughs> yeah, I, I did agree to, to do some of the deeper cleaning that needed to be done while she was out of town. And one of the things was cleaning out the dishwasher. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. We'll try this. This, this should work, right? And I just poured some bleach into it and shut the dishwasher. No, holy. It's ran it. And I remember sitting on the couch and I'm watching uh, a cooking show. It was um, Anthony Bourdain. And like half an hour later, I'm just sitting there going, I don't feel good. Do you know what you did to yourself? I, I You yeah. just inhaled bleach fumes. Yeah. For like 20 minutes. To- yeah, so I went and stood up. Side, like on the. You're lucky you're not dead. (laughs) Yeah. Because people kill themselves every year by mixing household cleaners that should not be mixed. Yeah. Yeah. So I opened all the windows, stopped the dishwasher, went and sat out, and then like hand wiped it out after I showed Listeners, this explains so much about Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. He's ruined his brain over the course of 20 minutes with bleach fumes. (laughs) Dude. My future was so I'm glad you're alive. Holy crap. So don't you almost widowed your poor wife like right after you got married. Yeah. Um so oh listeners, use Google. Don't it's, do that. It's okay to ask Google for directions. Yeah, Google doesn't judge. Yep. They don't. Well Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble getting past that. You know the you wanna know the upside is at least the dishwasher is really clean. But yeah, no, that was embarrassing. Oh my god! Oh my god! I l- I'm sorry. I literally. That's just. I can't. Believe- okay. Uh, this week's episode of Get Offset is sponsored by Rude Tech Effects, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Rude Tech Effects. Right now, they are uh, selling a couple pedals, including the Three Muff 14. It's three Russian big muffs in one: Green, Black, and Civil War. And it has a, a litany of easy to use and excellent sounding tone controls, um, including a bypass option and an option to add more mids in an overdrive after the fuzz um, that I find real like, I love just flipping up that toggle, getting that open, that more open California sound. It's really, really nice. It's a handsome as hell pedal. It's based on uh, Russian MIG jets, M-I-G. And uh, I love this pedal a lot. And they're they're back ordered, but they're shipping, shipping pretty frequently, which is good. We like it when yeah. they oh. ship. 
You, but if you buy anything from Rude Tech, I uh, also recommend uh, the Ain't Afraid Fuzz and the Ain't Afraid Fuzz kit. Um, Jesse is able to donate a kit to uh, the Yeah Rock Camp in uh, Middle Tennessee where he teaches kids how to build pedals. He teaches them how to solder. Um, it's a great program. And for everyone that you buy, he's able to donate one. Um, and if you buy the assembled product, that also... Um, the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds of that are donated uh, back to Jesse Zazu from uh, those darlings. Uh, she she had died of from uh, cancer, um, and uh, a portion of the proceeds go to her uh, the charity that she that's founded in her, in her name. Uh, so it's a great product, and use the code Get Offset at checkout for free domestic shipping of any of Rudetech's products and a discount on international shipping. Uh, that's get offset, no spaces. Um, it also helps this podcast because it shows Jesse that you found us, uh, you found him through us. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Also, I think Jesse was on the 40 watt podcast lately, and that's a podcast by our friend and Patreon supporter, Philip Carter. Mm -hmm. I think I've been on it a couple times. I think yeah. I've been on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Just once or twice. Uh, no. Um, so that's a lot of good people, a lot of good humans. Uh, let me just pull up the web address so I get it. And while you're Ooh. doing that, I just want to say there's something like really baller about like typing in a discount code. Like, oh, yeah, I got a discount. Yeah. 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 It's at rudetech.com. And the Anna Freight Fuzz is uh, $75 for the kit, $130 for the assembled version. Uh, and then the three month 14 is, it's $230, but it's, it's, I, listen, I'm not a fuzz person. I don't usually pay that much for fuzz, but I, I feel like this is very, very, very worth it. It's a very cool fuzz. Oh, and he sells an essential back work, backline worker tee. Aw. Yeah. For 22, 22 bucks. So, uh, check out Jesse. Check out rudetech.com. Use the discount code. Uh, get offset for a discount. Oh, Lily Hyatt's one of his artists on his artist page. So is Daniel Pujol. Sorry, I actually know. Uh, Jordan Smith from Diarrhea Planet. I went to college with him. Nice. I talk about him, I was talking about him yesterday because uh, so I don't know if there are any Diarrhea Planet fans listening out there. Uh, but what, freshman year, Jordan always wore this purple hoodie, and he had his hair was like a cheetah or leopard print. I always get those two confused. And uh, he wore that every that hoodie every day, and his hair was very distinctive. So people dressed up as him for Halloween, like more than one person. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm hung up on the name of that band. Diarrhea like, planet? And like instead of like a gas giant, is it like a liquid giant? It's like that the classification of planet or <sighs> Oh man. You know, I think they literally just picked the most ridiculous name they could think of. Fair. Uh, knowing it would get them attention and it worked. And they never said no to a gig, so they got they played a lot of gigs and, and with a uh, name like that, they wrote some really catchy songs. You. Yeah. They're not they're not uh active right now, but uh they were always a fun, fun band. It was always weird that they were the ones in our college who like in like our class mm -hmm. who like made it more than pretty much anybody else. Yeah. 
Belmont has a lot of superstars that came out of there, but uh, Diarrhea Planet's the funniest name <laughs> <laughs> for what? That's pretty like, good. Yeah, Brad Paisley's pretty cool. Florida Georgia Line is very famous. Uh, I like how you said they're not cool. You just pivoted away from that. I don't like Florida Georgia Line. uh, And I don't think that would surprise anybody. Uh, Yeah, I'm not surprised. I I think they're all right. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. If it comes on. I don't want to listen to them. Like, I'm not going to turn off the radio if it comes on. I might even, like, roll my windows down and uh Rick's, Rick's done some video work for them and they were apparently very nice guys. So sure. I just don't want to listen to their music. Sorry guys. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be crying all the way to the bank. Oh, the guitar podcaster doesn't want to listen to our music. <laughs> there's a lot of, How we sleep at there's night? a lot of musicians yeah, and care. artists who like, I, I have respect for what they do. I don't want to listen to their music though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. Fine and fair. Well, all right. Yeah, you, so Andrew picked the topic this week. I'm really proud of you, buddy. I know. I uh, actually had a thought this week while I was, you know, deep into my work. And um, no, no. Uh, so I was watching an episode of Last Week Tonight, which is the late night show that John Oliver hosts on HBO. I admit that I'm a bit of a John Oliver fan. Um yeah, I always like him when I watch him, but I never really seek it out. I'm I, I like his my stuff. coffee lid back on. Sorry, everybody. I usually like about two-thirds of his content, which for comedians is a high bar for me. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like his stuff. The episode he did this last week I think was exceptional in the sense of getting my wheel spinning in the back of my head. Uh, in particular terms with how it relates to this podcast and content creation in general. And so the episode that he ran was talking about ad spots on local news TV, which mm-hmm. I promise this relates to what we do. Uh, so he's talking about ad spots and the long and the short of it is it turns out it's really easy to get an ad spot in local TV. The ad spots on local TV aren't necessarily clear that they're ad spots. Usually that's just a little bit of fine print for like two seconds to the end of the bit. And you're like, wait, that was an ad. But if you're not paying attention, you're not paying attention. It's already, it's like the camera's panning and zooming out. And, and so they thought to themselves, well, what if we tried to put together an ad spot for something outlandish? And they did. Um, and of course <laughs> that other people have obviously put out ad spots for things that are completely outlandish. And they, they ran through kind of the history of a, a couple of different ad spots that have been done in local news channels. And they're like, Hey, look, they've literally done a tour around the U S of local news channels for a product that isn't FDA approved, isn't actually worked. There's no science to it. It's basically just like a $5 thing that they've upcharged 800 bucks kind of a thing. So they decided to, to try it themselves. And so they hired an actor and the actor was paid to hawk a product on, on TV, give an interview about this blanket. And it was a sexual wellness blanket. A sexual wellness blanket, they say. <laughs> and, You've piqued my interest. Right. And so the actress is just complete, like, no joke, like, straight face saying, oh, yeah, well, this blanket uses, like, magnetism and, like, some yada, 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 and, like, to help promote. Like, so if you, like, wear the blanket over yourself, um, and, like, it it looks really – it doesn't look like it's a sexual wellness object in your home, so it's, it's not something you have to be weird about, like, if your parents come over – and just kind of like giving the sales pitch on TV. like your weird, obvious pillow in the corner of your bedroom for your sexual wellness. And sorry, that was a bad joke. 
I, I'm not answering that. <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 for the record, for listeners, I mean the royal you, not Andrew specifically. That was a hypothetical you. That shit just got really awkward. I am yeah. so sorry. I am so, so sorry. I meant one may have in their bedroom a weird pillow. God. Oh my god! Like I didn't even think about it like that. I'm so. It's it's bound to happen when we're talking. They made it as awkward as possible, but the actress was like straight faced the entire time, and even dropping things like, "Oh, this isn't even new technology. This is technology that's pioneered by by the Germans about 80 years ago." And you know, of course, the local news anchors are not really thinking about the fact that that was literally Nazi Germany. And yeah, what happened in Germany 80 years ago? Hmm. So today it's night. It's it's 2020. We subtract 80. That's 1940s Germany. 1940s Germany. Yeah. Oh no, that's bad. Uh, that's bad. And yeah, so I mean, the whole thing was just absolute nonsense. And knowing that it was all fake, I'm watching this like I can't believe anyone would buy this. They did it on like two or three different local news stations. Only cost them like two grand to pay them pay off the station to get the ad spot for the morning. Um, and it basically all, all comes down to like there there is a very questionable level of transparency with ad spots uh, with local news um, and arguably in general. And so I was thinking of that. I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like in our industry? Because it's a it's a common thing that. YouTube creators in particular get accused of is being disingenuous, not being clear up, clear and upfront about what their ad spots are and whether they've been sent a product when they've been paid to do something. And I kind of wanted to, to take that context of that mm-hmm. in the back of my head and let's, I want to fire that back your direction. What does that look like as a content creator Ooh. who is paid to do some of this, who receives product for some yeah. of this, who partners with other companies to put together content to promote their product, but also right. balancing that with being a content creator who wants to serve your listeners, who wants to create educational, informative content to help educate potential consumers. And so what does yeah. that Can look I like? Just, yeah, but first, I think it's important to talk about the differences and to talk a little bit about uh, news publications that do things called advertorial um typically advertorial would be like in a magazine like um 17 magazine uh a clothing brand might buy a full two-page spread for advertorial content where it would look like it was editorialized it would be like uh putting together an outfit of the day or something but it would be sponsored and paid for by like the gap. Uh, so that's an extremely common thing. Um, and they just needed to have like a little one line, like, Hey, this, this content was sponsored by so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And even the news, you said they didn't, they didn't have to have more than like a little tidbit right. about this product that they obviously knew literally nothing about. And for the record, it's extremely easy apparently to game local news television because, uh, they really need things to talk about that are interesting or uplifting in any kind of way. So it's a lot easier to um, uh, trick your way onto local news. There was this comedian who had this whole shtick where uh, he, he, his idea was like he was a, a yo-yo guy and he would go into schools and like talk about how 
yo-yos got him off drugs. And then he would just be like hilariously bad at yo-yos and hilariously bad at talking. He did this like 10 to 20 times. It was like his thing. And it was amazing. So uh, per, per what you're talking about, John Oliver, I don't think it's like the same thing per se. Um, I think it's a lot harder to have an extremely shitty fake product. I don't think it's possible really to have a fake product. Um, this hap gear demoers like myself and especially bigger channels, they get constant like phishing attempts. So we're all very aware, um, and vigilant about doing our own research typically before trying before like agreeing to do anything because we're afraid that what's going to happen to like Stevie T uh, who got locked out of his own YouTube channel or this happened to other gear demoers uh, where someone takes over their YouTube again. So we're very worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that part of it, Probably not going to happen. I've been approached by like smaller brands. I've done demos that I filmed and then went back and said, I can't release this yep. uh, because it wasn't a good product. And yep. then I just took the fee as basically a consulting fee. Um, so that's th- th- a little different. Um, some of us are, you know, very, not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we're as desperate for content because most of us aren't putting things out uh, multiple times a day, like local news is or right. a magazine every month with like 120 pages in it. Like it's very, it varies based on like who you are and what your channel is. You have people like Ryan Burke who try to put out content five days a week. Uh, you have people like me, like I try to put out content four days. Sometimes I don't do it. I'm probably going to release less content next week because I'm a little tired. Uh, so like, Let's get that. Let's get that. Yeah. Right. Before yeah, we talk no, the about dynamic is definitely different. And my understanding loosely here is that the laws applying to how transparent you have to be about it are very different for cable television as opposed to uh, Instagram yeah. and YouTube. And, uh, and for Instagram, and YouTube, there's a couple of safeguards in there that are built in. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's by law or if that's just because the platform is trying to protect itself and its users. Uh, it's. It's regulations. It's um, communications regulations, uh, certainly. I think it's the FCC. Um, but yeah, so th- there are rules, especially about influencers. And by influencers, like nan. these. Yeah. I see that all the time. Which, which is actually something you're never, you're not, you don't have to do. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to say when it's not an ad. Right. Uh, which is hilarious because I tend to, you know, say a lot more when I've purchased something. Um, but th- those rules were made for people like Kim Kardashian and those kinds of influencers, uh, who would tout like diet supplements. Yep. Or makeup brands and other things like that for money. And then they weren't disclosing that actually this was an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's who those rules exist for. Those are the people those rules exist for. You're supposed to say when you got a product in kind, when you got paid to post about it. If you ever mention it again, just like on your own, even you're supposed to say that. So like technically, if you want to abide by those rules, um, 
every video, regardless of whether or not I purchase the thing that I'm specifically demoing, I'm supposed to check that this was a paid promotion box because you see other things, gift, gift, bought, gift, 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 like gift, bought, gift, no, bought, 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 yeah. um, bought, uh, so Every video I do is sponsored, like even though really that's not weird, what I'm like, showcasing. Sounds like a really weird captcha, like, are you a bot kind of scenario. Bot, 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 bot. <laughs> bot, 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 bot. It's like the spam thing from Auntie Python. Yeah, so really, those rules weren't made for, like, gear demoers. They weren't. It's right. not a matter of, like, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty innocuous to just check the box and just say, I was sent this in exchange for a demo, but the thoughts are my own. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I think that people are making a big deal out of it when it's not. And it's kind of tiring, frankly. Sure. Um, yeah, well, like I talked about this with a lot of other demo people and ultimately what it seems to have done. And there's a reason that big, like in the blues video, they had to turn off comments because people were making assumptions about, other channels and calling them out and they were like because you have to realize when you're creating content like that that feels almost pointed because it it felt defensive Mm -hmm. uh, to me parts of it obviously not all of it was i don't think that was the intent i think it was they were really were perhaps trying to educate but uh it came off as defensive and so people are if, if you're defensive your fans and supporters are going to be like who are you defending yourself from? Who do I need? Who do I need to also protect you from? Right. So that's kind of it, it turned into this big thing that I don't think it ever should have been um, because it's really such a non-issue. And ultimately, I think that the idea that um, if you get something for free, you are more likely to um, sugarcoat it. I I I say all the time. It's hard to lie in what I do. One, I don't, I don't, I don't have a great poker face, but even if I did, I mean, I'm not, unless you're plugging things in through different things, or like if you say you're using um, a Benson amp when you're using a Milkman amp, which are both great amps, uh, like unless you're lying about like how you're creating it or what you're doing in post or that you're even using the gear that you say that you're using, mm-hmm. uh, people have ears. Right. And just listen to it. Just listen to it. And if you like it, if you like the features, because I'm not going to lie about the features. Like, how can I lie? I don't know. It's, sure. You've opened a you've opened a weird can of worms. I don't think you were prepared to open at uh, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. No, I was prepared. <laughs> I so I completely understand the the frustration from the perspective of a content creator, and agree with a lot of that. But I also don't want to downplay from a consumer standpoint that especially since not all brands do their own demos and they're outsourcing the demos to, to content creators. That means that in a lot of this, this isn't a lot of these products aren't things you can find in your local music store. And so the idea here is in order right. to try something out before you buy it, you and or other creators are the only ones that are bridging that gap there. So in that sense, there is a responsibility for content creators to do a good job and consumers naturally might not be 
willing to give the benefit of the doubt that it's completely honest, especially when you're talking about something that is like two, three, four hundred dollars, especially yeah. when the consumer thinks it's twenty dollars in a case uh, of parts. Yeah. So uh, 20, 20 bucks in parts. Yeah. Some people feel like they're being sold to. Some people feel like they're being pushed a little bit. Uh, and some people yeah. feel like it might be disingenuous. And none of that could be substantiated by any sort of empirical data. It's just maybe that's where they're coming from. And so in the back of my head, like as I was watching the John Oliver episode, my thought was, well, what are the safeguards and how do we reassure people other than telling them you're dumb? Like, well, how do we reassure <laughs> our listeners uh, and listeners of other content channels that – what they're getting is legitimately like, even if it's paid for is legit is honest. It's not dolled up. It's not like, what are ways that that can be done? What are ways that's currently being done? Is there anything that needs to change? Say with uh, YouTube requires you to, to, um, to check the box for this is, um, this is a partner. Uh, this is partner content. I think Instagram has to do the same mm-hmm. thing. So wh- that's kind of more the direction I'm okay. thinking. Yeah. So, um, to that, I can, all I can say really is if you don't trust me, then there's nothing I can tell you that's going to make you trust me. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where I sit on it. Like I'm telling you the guitar I'm using. I'm telling you the amp modeler I'm using. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually it's a Strymon Iridium. If I change things, I, I verbalize the difference. I always have the pedal next to me so you can see exactly how changes are affecting things. Um, I don't do a lot of post-production at tops. I normalize the audio to uh, level it out a little bit, um, especially if it was like my fault that it, it pretty much only if it was my fault that the volume changed that much, right. I'll, I'll adjust it. I put a limiter on my voice and compress my voice. So it's even, even when I'm farther away from the microphone or when I'm close, because I move around, I, I turn my head, I talk over here sometimes, I talk down there at the pedal, I talk over here. So my my voice kind of travels a little bit. Sure. Um, but like, other than just like telling people, this is what I'm using, this is my signal chain, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you don't trust me, then you don't trust me. If you think I'm lying, if you don't think I'm honest, if you think I'm, uh, you know, a shill, if you think I'm like just pretending to like something... There's, I can't change your mind and I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but uh, my trustworthiness is really uh, my most valuable currency. So it doesn't super duper behoove me to lie uh, when I'm getting paid a hundred bucks to do a pedal demo. Sure. Like I'm not, why would I, why would I tank everything I have for, uh, for any pedal or right. anything like that? Like if, if, if I, Get, if I work with a brand and they don't like my demo and they never send me anything else, that's fine. Right. So, yeah. I, so I'm going to press a little bit here. So let's say I, as a, a viewer, feel like I would like to know if you as the content creator were paid for, for the video paid, um, given the, given the equipment, um, whether it be a pedal, guitar, amp, et cetera. What if it would be helpful for me to know that? How do I know? Whether or not that content. I check a box. I check a box. So when you open my video, it says this contains paid promotion. It's usually in the description. Sometimes it's in the description. I just, I just check the box. Yep. And that, that's all I do. And some people don't check the box, but like if, if you're looking at these channels, just assume that they got sent the stuff for free, especially if they have more than like a couple thousand subs. Right. Um, at this point, they're probably not buying their own stuff constantly. Um, 
And if they're good, they're not buying their own stuff because if they're good, people are wanting to send them stuff. Right. So on the other hand, like if you're, if you're, if you have 5,000 subscribers and you're still buying like almost every pedal or thing that you demo, why, <laughs> why sure. aren't, why aren't brain? I'm, I'm like curious about like, why aren't brain? Is this like a personal decision you've made? Cause that seems really expensive for something that I know how much money you end up getting out of like ads and it's, it doesn't pay for. I don't judge how people spend their trust funds. All right. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But like, I think, I don't know. I would, I get kind of curious when people have like huge audiences and they can't like, they don't have relationships with brands. Like brands should be tripping over themselves to, to do demos with these people that have like 20,000 subscribers. Like, right. I mean, and, and but, um, yeah. Oh, there's I don't there's know. so uh, many reasons for brands to want to lean into that, and the value that yeah. content creators bring, especially in this market, is is huge. So yeah, and I guess another thing I, I would ask people who say that, like, if you're getting paid, you're a, a shill. Like, it. Wh- why do you think that people are inherently dishonest like that? Uh, if you, it's capitalism. Like, do you really think that if you got paid? Like, let's, let's say, like, your job pays you. Mm-hmm. Do you never talk shit about your job? Do you never talk shit about your boss who pays you? Do you, do you just always say that the products that your company creates are the best products in the world, like, blindly? Probably not. Like, you probably don't, like, wax poetic about your job. So why do you think that I would lie if right. this is my job? Well, because people do, though. I, 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 uh, salespeople do. I'm not a salesperson. Well, and so I, I wonder if that's where there's a little bit of a, cause you and I both know that you're not a salesperson. Your job is not to sell anyone anything. You just create the content and let people decide for it themselves. It makes me happy when people buy things though. Exactly. And so you and I both come at it, have come at this platform from an ethos of wanting to promote cons- consumer literacy, consumer um, informativeness, wanting to make sure that people mm-hmm. know what's really going on. That's where yeah. you and I come from this. So not all content creators do necessarily. And the, the air kind of that aroma of salesmanship can come across, especially for folks who maybe don't spend a lot of time viewing videos. I've got a friend who's re- recently started to play around with some pedals and stuff. They don't know a whole lot about all of this. They don't know where to begin. They don't know what forms they should go to. They don't know what YouTube channels they should be checking out. And, um, so like for them as a bass player referred to them, uh, over to one already's content for playing with pedals because who does that better? And Hondo just kidding. One's great, but so is Hondo. They're both great. Uh, so I, even they've been like, okay, well, I've seen a couple of things are like, how do I know this is actually going to work for me? Is this just salesmanship? And so those are also some of the questions that come through for the uninitiated. And I think that's a totally normal thing to ask. A lot of people don't. It's sure, but I think it goes back to like my trustworthiness is really all I have. My that like if if I lose trustworthiness because people are like oh man Emily keeps demoing these really shitty pedals and just like talk and they sound bad while she's doing it and she's like oh god like oh this sounds so good when it obviously sounds bad. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm less. I know, I know, but that's that's what I'm saying because that's what that's what people act like. They act like. I think that's uh, what commenters on YouTube act like, and I don't think that's necessarily the bulk of the people that are actually watching. Um, Well, no, most people who are watching trust 
me because why else would they be watching other than because they hate me? Right. Um, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening. I, I if, if, if I think there's enough people that have that in the back of their mind, kind of inherent distrust, given the system that we're all working and operating in, given that there's people who have been disingenuous in the past with some of their marketing techniques, maybe some of their salesmanship. I'm thinking brands that I probably shouldn't name right now, but there's no, we should not name those brands, but yeah, there are instances there. They're, they are trying to sell things. Right. And, and so, for the brand you're talking about, like what that brand lied about was whether or not they made the product right. or they rebranded the product. And the lie that they didn't claim that it sounded good when it sounded bad. Like they didn't, they didn't make a claim about the sound or the functionality that was a lie. And that's all I'm demonstrating is the sound and the functionality. Right. 95% of the time. Oh, so that's yeah. not even what, where the lie was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I guess even thinking in terms of like a consumer who's relatively new to this and isn't in depth and kind of their their ideas of how trustworthy how trustworthy online content creators should be is maybe influenced by other other industries where there might be you know like the Kardashians as you mentioned before where it's say this is a paid ad spot and it's not necessarily as clear. And yeah, things like weight loss supplements. That's really a big one. Right. So, so yeah. my question to dig a little bit deeper, it's the last real question I've got here is, so there is checking the box, which I think is really helpful for consumers to know uh, when things are, when things are paid content. I think that level of transparency is great. And I would encourage all content creators to continue using that if they're not already doing so. Uh, if they want to, I don't really care. I don't I, care what other people do. I care a little bit. I, I think I think that level of transparency is really helpful. I think it. But like, uh, I'm sorry. These rules weren't made for product demonstrators. Yeah, they no. weren't. That's the thing. That's not what the rules were made for. So because like these Kardashian types and these Instagram butt models and whatever, like because <laughs> there was because there were concerns with them posting things that were ads and them not disclosing it when they were literally ads. If I'm demonstrating a product, it is not an ad. I am not advertising this product. I am not truly doing anything other than helping. I'm helping them with their marketing a little, but I'm creating content mm -hmm. uh, for my channel, not for their channel. Like it's, I just don't, you, yeah, you, I don't you really and think I it's an ad. Like it's an ad. You and I, I agree know, on but this. that's the thing. Yeah. Right. I get that we agree on that, will. but if you're asking what people can know, it's not an ad, right? It's not an ad. And that's kind of, um, where, where it lands. Is it an ad? I maybe sometimes I'm sure it is, but like what Ann Silikowski does using pedals to create art and then showing how she uses these pedals to create this art. That's mm -hmm. not, that's not an ad. That's art. Sure. Uh, so, and also the box isn't even, isn't even FCC compliant. Oh, really? So like you check the box, it literally doesn't even mean anything. It's not compliant. You have to actually say in the beginning of the video, or I always forget. So I say at the end of the video that you were sent that in exchange for, for a demo. Gotcha. So, Yeah. It's not even compliant. So to be FCC compliant, you've got to then verbally say that and not just have it in writing or have a box checked? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Let's well, get to know. verbally say it. And, uh, it, in a couple of places, apparently they're like, say it. The more you say it, the more compliant it is or whatever. Because like, well, if someone, if you only put it in the beginning of your video and someone comes in at the end of your video and they miss it, then they miss it. And I'm like, well, it's not really my fault if they fast forward the first part of the video or if they turn off the video before the end. Right. Why is that my fault? Well, I just think like it's I don't I just I think well, it's, that's the dynamic that local news stations are kind of making on when they put the the this is an ad right at the end as people are all getting up to go take their potty break. But yeah. Um, yeah. So because other people do shady stuff. Yeah. Uh, people then assume that, you know, gear demoers are shady. And that's just that's I mean, it's a bummer, but also I can't control how people feel about me or what they think about me or what I do. So no, I don't, I don't really think care. you can control that. But I, 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 I guess my. In the back of my head, the things that are tumbling around is more of a how do we go the extra mile there to try and build that trust up front for the uninitiated, for someone who might inherently be distrusting despite any sort of empirical evidence to back up their their paranoia. What are ways to go the extra mile for that? And so, I mean, saying it. Why in, would I go an extra? Oh, God. Sorry. Just like, why would I go an extra mile for that? I don't know. Why? Why do I have to do more work because someone's inherently distrustful? Like, I'm sorry, like, I, I am transparent. I'm as yep. transparent as I can be. Like, I, I've, I feel like I do my due diligence to be transparent. Uh, and I'm not going to do more than I do unless I'm legally required to, yep. because I don't feel like it adds anything. I think it's like the more you tell somebody, you can trust me, you can trust me, you can trust me, the more yeah, I'm fair. like, I'm not sure I can trust you. Sure. Like the more work you do to try to build someone's trust when they're like not asking for it. Mm-hmm. So like there may be a couple people who ask for it, who want it. But for the most part, people are tr- like, they're like, they know to use their ears. They know how this works. They know that if I paid for everything I ever demoed, then they just wouldn't get as much content and I'd be bankrupt. But um, like I, if I'm just like, you can trust me just constantly that's shade. That that feels shadier to me. Like I'm, I am honest. I know who I am. I have faith in myself, and I know who. Like I know myself. I try to convey that. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, it's like you don't like me, you don't like me. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust me, you don't trust me. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're that distrustful. That you think that I'm lying for like five bucks a day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I don't. I'm sure that's not the answer you wanted. For just five dollars a day, you too can lie to consumers. <laughs> you too can sponsor a YouTuber. Um, so, so, like, what what do you think though? Because you haven't said what you think. I feel like you think I should be doing more to make people feel better about so what I, I do. I want to clarify. I'm not saying you in particular, and I know that you do a good job. <laughs> like I wasn't saying you earlier about the pillow. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> You're going to get me so thrown. Um, so I want to clarify, I'm not saying you in particular here. I was thinking more in the, the broader term of content creators, uh, aggregators, et cetera, kind of just this larger grouping of uh, larger grouping of content creation in the social media world. And I, I think in, in the spirit of the consumer is sometimes right and knowing that there's enough consumers making a ruckus about this enough to where you're clearly very upset with it. I've also been upset with it because I feel very similarly in terms of like, guys, shut up. 
listen. I just, it's I just think be it's okay. way, it's, it's blown. It's just, it's, it's not even that I'm not upset. I just think it's blown out of proportion. I feel like it's like uh, the idea of this could have been an email instead of a meeting. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And with all of that said, though, the, the back of my head, the proclivity that I have to want to go above and beyond in any given situation, uh, it wonders if it wouldn't, if it's either a slippery slope or if it's just a, a couple more steps would, would kind of just get everyone to shut up and call it a day. Because as much as I it think. It won't though. There's, people are always going to bitch about something. Well, people, yes. Like the people who don't, the people who are never going to trust me or us as demoers. Like again, maybe, there's something I can do. Maybe still not way. everybody, but maybe taking the number and tamping it down to a dull roar instead of a, is this a paid demo? It is a dull roar. It's, are you it's lying very, to me? It's really not a big deal. It's You're really lying. not. It's like it's it's not that that doesn't happen very often. Sure. It doesn't happen very often to me. It doesn't happen to anybody like I really know. It's like Ryan Burke, who has a huge channel. It happens sometimes, and you know it happens a lot more after people put out videos like like this. Like we're talking about this, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I, when you proposed it, I was a little bit like, uh, "People are gonna think we're lying." <laughs> no, it's just it's. It's already a non-issue. Like there aren't <laughs> yeah. a lot of people who think that I'm full of shit constantly. Like I, I don't often get that comment. Right. I get more comments about like my tits than I get about uh, me being a shill. And I don't get a lot of comments about my tits. Thankfully, sure. please do not come. Please do not comment about my tits or the pillow. <laughs> Legitimately, I don't even know what pillow you're talking about because I'm such a goody good it's Christian boy. <laughs> I, I don't want to know. Just Google uh, sex pillow and call it a day. I, I will not on my home network, but or my public network or my work network, really at all. Just open an incognito browser and type That's sex pillow to Google. Yeah, it is. Internet provider can still see it. Jesus can still see it in incognito, okay? <laughs> Do you want me to just like No, I really no, stop. No. <laughs> With that, this this did, episode needs to it. end now. I'm sorry. Oh jeez. All right, well I'm sorry. Thank Listen, you for, I'm sorry. Thank you for being patient with me badgering you on this. <laughs> I know that you're just pl- trying to play the uh I don't want to say devil's advocate, the contrarian. I don't think it was even devil's advocate or contrarian, just more of a, if I ask these questions, it helps explain things a little bit better and gives a bit more context to how things work. And I I think you did a great job explaining that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I did a whole other video about it too. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. So like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Yep. Don't tell us your favorite brand of sex pillow. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I can't believe I did that. That was so <laughs> stupid. This is a guitar podcast. This is a guitar um, podcast. What else? Uh please check out our affiliate links uh for Sweetwater and Reverb and DistroKid. Those really help keep this podcast and YouTube channel going. Um we have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop, including our very popular right now for Fuzz Sake shirt, which I assume is because Ryan Burke wore one in a video recently. Um 
Yeah. What else? What else do people need to know about how to support us? Patreon.com slash get offset. Patreon would be great. We've got some more people in the chat. It's fun. We've had some wild shenanigans. Uh, I honestly, at this point, that's going to be the best place to reach me at all. I just deleted Facebook from my phone. I'll log in like every couple of days. I haven't logged in like two days. You have to, uh, 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 support us at the $5 or above level to, uh, be a part of the discord. So please do that. It, uh, we appreciate it so, so, so much. It, it goes a long way. Um, and it will help me go a long way to summer Nam. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess, yeah, that's about it. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding until next time. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. Goodbye. Bye.